Hello, good to have you with us on Red Barn Radio again. I'm Bradford Becker. Tonight we begin our 22nd season of Red Barn Radio. We're very excited about this. We welcome you to show number 826. Our guest to begin this new season is Chris McGinnis. Chris grew up in western North Carolina, and after high school, he attended the University of North Carolina in Asheville, majoring in jazz studies with a minor in creative writing. He then went a couple hours up the road to Boone, where he kind of flip-flopped things, went all out with writing and minored in jazz studies there. It was at Appalachian State where Chris found his voice as a storyteller and further developed his songwriting craft. In 2019, he released an EP called Songs For You and spent time during 2021 working on a series of songs which would become his debut full-length album called Mama's Angel. Welcome Chris McGinnis. He's thinking about San Francisco again He was her lover She was his friend He was her chance to start all over again She was what kept him alive Empty stomachs kept their minds in check His arms round her waist Her lips on his neck And passions embrace No one did suspect Their love would go out with the tide He was from a small country town She had no home, she moved all around They both traveled out west at the speed of sound California is where their paths collide They wandered on across rolling hills Fueled by desire and in search of cheap thrills With a billowing fire and a lifetime to kill They sauntered off into the dark An impetuous force Living life with no remorse Is easily derailed with just a twist In the tracks His job fell through the roof Did too, they lost hold of the love That's true, now he's alone She's with someone new In a house across the bay Of San Francisco He got a job on a cargo freighter That late shift sun hit God later and later Trying to deconstruct everything that made her want to leave him And start another life But he saw it from the wrong point of view It crumble at some point, that much she knew So she did what most like-minded people would do And there's an earthquake coming for your life More or less, she was happy here, too. She had beautiful children, beautiful shoes. Though she was grateful, her husband still knew. Her heart was somewhere else, 
further on with the passage of time they loosened their grips slowly resigned to a life with less color a simpler design New England is where he now resides Each day passes by We live We die We lose those we love And then we try to carry on He's in his home, he's all alone He hears the ringing of a phone Those past 60 years, brother, they're gone All thanks to a call From San Francisco All thanks to a call From San Francisco Thanks to WEKU, Red Barn Radio's official radio partner, NPR for Central and Eastern Kentucky. Listen online at WEKU.org. Red Barn Radio is presented with the support of LexArts, Lexington, Kentucky's cultural development, advocacy, and fundraising organization. LexArts, working for the development of a strong and vibrant arts community as a means of enhancing the quality of life in Central Kentucky. And by Visit Lex, Lexington, Kentucky's Convention and Visitors Bureau. Planning to visit Lexington or just looking for more information? Visit Lex is on the web at visitlex.com. Our guest this evening on Red Barn Radio is North Carolina native Chris McGinnis. This I quote from his website. Chris McGinnis writes songs that exist somewhere between a hiccup and a heartache. Through tales of stolen Winnebagos and hip-shaking grandbabies, Chris's music is Appalachian absurdity for the 21st century. Chris is joined on stage this evening by Chandler Bell on bass and Joel Nelson on fiddle. Great to have you all with us to kick off Red Barn Radio's 22nd season. Welcome back, Chris McGinnis. Swipes and double taps And when he sees them on the street He looks the other way Familiar looking strangers Ain't got nothing to say Jill spends her paycheck At a breakneck speed It's half on boots And it's half on feed Then she spends a third half She ain't got it yet forget and it's been 
Great to have you here. I really do enjoy your music a lot. Thank you. Thanks, I appreciate you guys. it. Sounds really terrific. Give us a little sort of understanding of North Carolina geography. Where did you grow up? Well, I grew up in Morganton. Uh, I guess kind of the Linville Gorge is the best way to uh, differentiate between the two. They kind of splits the two towns up. I grew up in the bottom of it, so uh-huh. <laughs> right in the middle of the two. What kind of area was that? Was it rural Blue setting? Ridge Mountains, uh, in the I guess in the foothills, right at the bottom of the mountains. Uh-huh. Um, kind of a, I suppose you'd call it rural. It wasn't when I was growing up, but then I guess once I got out, I realized maybe we weren't oh. so big. <laughs> uh-huh. In the, the beautiful Blue Ridge Mountains. Were you homeschooled? No, I went to, went to public school, Freedom High School. 400 students in my graduating class, oh, I believe. Oh, that's a good size school. Yeah, not, yeah. Too, not too shabby. Yeah, not at all. Music for you started before high school, right? Yeah, You were back grade. in your middle school years. Yep. What is this about uh, flamenco guitar ensembles in, at age 13? Oh, man, that's just, well, yeah. that's just how I started learning guitar. I was a classical guitarist starting off. Took uh, lessons at the, uh, at the recreation center downtown. It was like 100 bucks. A month, which is like a pretty darn good deal. What in the world drew eighth grade kid to classical guitar lessons? Was that encouragement from uh, your family, or that was frankly just the budget-friendly aspect? Uh-huh. <laughs> when you're starting on ground zero, it doesn't really matter where you go. Uh, I learned the fundamentals, and yeah, that was yeah. It, it really was just kind of what was available at the time. Hmm. Yeah. Did that create for you a really 
good foundation for sort of uh, understanding the instrument and knowing the instrument, knowing the fretboard? Yeah, I think so. Technique, good uh, hand technique. For sure. And, yeah. yeah, yeah. Paying attention to those fundamentals, for sure. Learning to use your fingers. Uh, yep, yep. That's really how I learned to uh, read music. Not well. Still don't read it well, but <laughs> that's where it started. Huh. What do you remember about the guy who taught you? Yeah. Just the guy who sort of guided you into something that became a life? No, nah, he was um, great. Miguel Pico was his name, and he was he was the real deal. He didn't get paid much at all to do what he did. He just did it because he loved it. He was a good fella. Nice. Whoa, I have a home away from home. A brand new back porch when mine don't feel like mine own. Every weekend, hey, I'm here means I'm gone. To my home away from home. Now, I'm not perfect, but I do what I can. I'm not perfect and it's more than she can stand I'll fix our problems with a brand new chunk of land With my home away from home Whoa, to have a home away from home Why should we talk about what I think through alone And if we're gonna scream and shout We'll do it through the phone From my home away from home away from home Is that against the law? Oh, how it irks me when she tries to take my straw. One way to work around another busted jaw. Run to my home away from home. Oh, to have a home away from home. A brand new back porch when mine don't feel like mine own. Every weekend, hey, I'm here means I'm gone. I'm gone, I'm gone. To my home away from home. Just another spider in the rain I promise you this time I'll really push it all down the drain In my home away from home These appetites will settle down Never more to roam just a few more weeks to be the man she's never, ever, ever known. In my home away from home away from oh, oh, oh I need a home away from home. Home away from home away from home.
take us into your high school years with music. Did you stay interested in classical music? Yeah, I kind of held on to it for a little bit. As I was in high school, I sort of just kept self-teaching the stuff I was more interested in and uh, had another fellow named Steve Blanton in western North Carolina who sort of taught me I guess this basic blues guitar sort of stuff. So it was pretty well-rounded guitar instruction, I guess. The way you tell the story, it sounds like you really had a pretty clear idea about what you liked and were able to sort of stick with it. Yeah, I think so. I wasn't uh, really interested in too much other than guitar. Ah. <laughs> so whatever else I could, you know, whatever I could do to, to get better at that, I mm. think, was... Uh, just what I was pursuing. Did you grow up in a home where there were lots of different kinds of music played? When I think about the music of North Carolina, I don't really know where I go. Yeah. North Randy Carolina is interesting. <laughs> yeah, right. But, right. Yeah, that's, yeah. And honestly, I don't come from a very musical family. I don't know if you can tell, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that did not occur to me, no. But, you know, my mom listened to a lot of music and she did sing. She sang uh, in her church choir all through her childhood, but uh. the thing that first, like, actually piqued my interest musically would have been just the Beatles and Elvis. She had two CDs that she just kind of kept in steady rotation, and really, before I started playing guitar, I, like, just picked up a harmonica and would come home, you know, this is, I'm, like, 10 years old, maybe, and, like, just try and sit and figure out Beatles melodies to to blow out on a harmonica. Just. Well, there was some harmonica <laughs> in the early Beatles. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah, Love Me Do. Uh, yeah, but that's that's kind of where it started, I guess. My daddy's mama's brother built this cabin for his wife. She's never slept a single night up here in her life. But the fruit that fell on down the family tree shows that she tried. Such is life and such is Georgia. Such a lucky fool am I. Those houseflies take their name from their size and not their dwelling. The mosquitoes sure are friendly, long as you don't mind the swelling. They buzz all day but nighttime, boy, you've never heard such quiet, such is life and such is Georgia. Such a lucky fool am I. Now if you're tired and worried about what tomorrow's gonna bring you, just build a fire. Listen to the sleepy song the river sings you. Learn a thing or two no school could ever teach you. Oh, such is life and such is Georgia. Such a lucky fool am I. Teach him some. Now that I've got the time Such is life and such is Georgia Such a lucky fool am I Such is life and such is Georgia Such a lucky fool am I Say la vie and such is Georgia Such a lucky fool am I
at what point in time did you decide that you wanted to go the direction of jazz studies at UNC? Was this just to sort of expand your harmonic knowledge or yeah. what did you want to get out of a jazz program? Well, it was pretty much, I guess, if you're going to school for music, most places it's jazz or classical. And it was, you know, jazz and contemporary versus classical. Like I said, I wasn't entirely interested in classical. It's just how it started. So I figured the the jazz education would be a a better way to become a more well-rounded improviser and playmate. Yeah. At that point, when you did your first jazz instruction, were you encouraged? Did you feel like you arrived there well-equipped to tackle the program? Not at all. <laughs> yeah. Not yet. Tell me about that. It was intimidating. Like I said, I wasn't the best at reading music. I was also quite introverted. So those are kind of bad combinations <laughs> to so have. You were also uh, in sort of a, as a writing minor. Were you finding sort of a comfortable, peaceful place in that program? I did two years at, at UNC Asheville. And by my final semester, even though on paper I was... <clears throat> a music major I wasn't taking any music classes I was just in the English department I'm kind of biding my time I knew I was already on my way out the English program was a lot more welcoming to me I guess which I'm not trying to make it sound like I was you know again a lot of the problems were were my own problems not external factors but I definitely felt like I fit better with with the English path so you went from western North Carolina what was the name of the gorge area? Uh, across the Linville Gorge. So into, how far is that Boone. from Asheville? Not far. It's uh, that's how it's funny how the mountains work. I think maybe as the crow flies, sixty miles, two hours to get there. Oh, sure. <laughs> so you had a lot of people then from your high school who probably went to UNC. Well, actually, no. Or no. Huh. I, I went there. Large part, I was excited to be the only person <laughs> to not know anybody. I was like, let's get up here and just start over, maybe. Uh, or just throw myself into the unknown. and I would have thought that Asheville would be the big city where aspiring yeah. music kids would go. I really didn't grow up with very many musical people. Yeah. The people who did pursue music in college went to Appalachian to uh, pursue more of an education path. They were more into the concert band type stuff. And, and App's a good program for that, good school for that. But I was really just interested in writing songs, which, I, you know, remains true. <laughs> I'm the mailman's son I'm the only one Of my brother's three Who my mama's ashamed to see Cause my daddy don't look like me I'm the mailman's son Cold snow and rain Brought my mama Done a little too soon Made the mailman's son 
writing that you do sort of takes the short story, the condensed short story form. You talk about being sort of impacted by songwriters like Paul Simon. I would love to talk about that. And Dylan, and you mentioned maybe Tom Petty. Mm -hmm. When I contrast Petty and Paul Simon, I think they're compositions. I I think of Simon's stuff as compositions. Yeah. And I think of Petty's stuff as songs. Yeah. And it seems like you sort of found that middle space. Your songs are really elaborate. I, yeah, yeah, I reckon so. They really uh, are, yeah. That's certainly more the Paul Simon thing. Something I love about Paul Simon is, you know, you hit the nail on the head with their compositions. A thing my buddy told me is a song needs good bones, which means it needs to stand on its own between the instrument and the voice. Really, I guess just the voice as well as it does with the fleshed out band yeah. or whatever and so yeah paul simon his songs all have good bones <laughs> you oh know? man i got the you know the complete studio album set in mm. college and just like had it on repeat rhythm of the saints is a cool one to mention though not a lot of it came right after graceland i think right oh. people don't talk about it but i remember the first time i heard obvious child oh my I, gosh uh, yeah that's I an list- amazing song yeah i listened to it all the way from from Asheville to boone like i just had it on a loop it, it just blew my mind. So I have a hunch that you listen to other musicians other than Paul Simon and Petty <laughs> and Dylan. Sure. Yeah, who else do you like to listen to? John Prine. Yeah, is, right. We didn't mention Prine. Right? Yeah, one of my tops. Oh, really? Um, mm-hmm. A, a big influence on this latest album, actually, was uh, probably equal parts Warren Zevon and Randy Newman. Ah. Specifically, Randy Newman, I really love his character writing, how he can just hop in the mind of of somebody else and totally occupy a different space than one that is autobiographical yeah Um, right and you know it's fun how he can say one thing but he means another you know and it just gets really really funky real heady if you just keep diving down those you know layers and then you don't get much more absurd than warren zevon yeah i mean he's just nuts (laughs) dude I, i have driven these two fellas crazy actually with with my playlist contributions because it's just a bunch of the weirdest Randy Newman and Warren Zevon oh, stuff. Oh, I'd love to hear that. Uh, you got playlist you got to share with me. Well, what if we went to the moon? Laughed at our troubles through a telescope's view. What used to sit heavy won't weigh nothing at all. Everything looks so small What if we went to the moon? We're back with more Red Barn Radio after this break. Red Barn Radio, Roots Music, Southern Style. We'll be right back.
Welcome back. This is Red Barn Radio, recorded live from the Arts Place Performance Hall in Lexington, Kentucky. Red Barn Radio, roots music, southern style. What if we took off tonight? Won't look like we left if we leave on a light. The world is far brighter when you're high in the stars. Never could get so far in some dirty old car. What if we went to the moon? Somewhere between the plan and the dream. Our wishing star came crashing down Nothing worth having will fall at our feet Why should we keep them on the ground? And what if we never come back? Extend our lunar vacation Feigning Martian attack We'll eat all the cheese That our fat jaws can chew Skip out on the bill In a saucer for two When space gets too small We'll run from it too What if we went to the moon? Did you decide ultimately that this sort of Americana or something that sort of bordered on country, you don't have to label your music in any particular genre, but did you ultimately feel that this was a form that you found that would sort of allow you to kind of meld your literary interests and the musical diversity that you sort of feel also? It's funny, you know, playing around different places, see everything from folk, folk rock, country, Americana, sure, alt-folk. It's, you know, and I'm cool with all of it, really. Yeah, what I do just, you like best? I tell people folk rock, I suppose. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, when you get down to it, really, 
I'm just a singer-songwriter, I think. And mm-hmm. whatever shape the, the, the song, you know, starts as and comes out as is just what it's going to be, which Paul Simon's a, a big influence yeah, in right. that regard, you know? I don't know what you would call his genre outside of singer-songwriter. Do you tend to play venues, Chris, where you feel people are going to uh, listen to your stories? Yeah. These are not stories to be digested, you know, with a lot of loud, you know, yeah. stuff going on. You know? Yeah, yeah, you for wanna, sure. You want to be able to listen. The shows where people show up for the music are absolutely the most rewarding, and they are the ones I try to pursue more and more. First time playing Kentucky, so I don't know. Oh, it is. All the, right, well, yeah, welcome. Yeah. Thank you very much. All right. Speaking from my experience around North Carolina, a lot of brewery stuff. For the most part, you're kind of playing covers and background music, and it's mm-hmm. a it's decent enough place to uh, you know try different things with with my songs. Because if I mess up, I don't know how much it really matters in the grand scheme, but not so much for telling stories. Recording you, Mamma's Angel, it kicks off with where well, you do the there's something like a, a prologue or, or whatever. I think what was the first. Uh, in, invocation. Oh, sorry, invocation. That's right. It was a. It was like a church. Kind of comes off like you know, credence a little bit. And I hear. I, I want to hear. They're in North Carolina. I think of Southern culture on the skids. Sure. Yeah. Right. I mean, like yeah. I hear some of that there. I could. Yeah. I could hear that being sort of a lockdown for one of their one of their tunes. But it's a great start to the album, and then the album goes crazy. I mean, you know, the song. You know, why don't we go to the moon? Or that song. Name it again. What's the, the what if we went to the what moon? if we went to the moon? It's we just, just refer to it internally as the moon song. The it's moon just, song. Yeah. So the moon song is wild. And when you went into the studio, you wanted to create something very different from this. Do you ever take the sound that you created on Mamma's Angel in the studio in Georgia? Do you ever take that out, like with a like drummer, bass, lead guitar? Yeah. Fiddle, well, that's the, the that's the that's the hard part about gigging it at this level. It's you know, people should be paid. <laughs> we Ideally, can't, yeah, always, right. can't always afford the full ensemble. Yeah, ideologically, getting down to it, I don't really care <laughs> about translating the sound from the record live because yeah, I okay. really don't believe that's something that can be done at all anyways. And it's not always right. There's 19 guitar tracks on Home Away From Home. Okay, I think, you yeah, know? <laughs> all right, yeah, you're right. I don't so, think you're going to duplicate that. No, no. Some of that complex stuff. No, I, maybe somebody out there can, but performing this way feels, um, I don't want to say more honest, but there's just something that really appeals to me about having one guitar, fiddle, bass, maybe we have a drummer, maybe not. It just is a lot feels a lot more lived in maybe look there old chestnuts fronting like an oak weeping like a willow yeah I bet he's gonna soak up all that rain into his pillow while he's lying neath a holy umbrella Chestnut won't make it to the end His boughs are bound to break In a mean and dreadful wind I say we chop him up And haul him out Then we chop him up again Leave his roots Buried deep behind him Wood never dies Wood never dies Wood never dies 
ain't no cedar, pine, or cypress. His trunk is much too knotty. His crown is much too fibrous. He's too dirty for a queen. Oh, he's too soft for a mistress. He'll make his way to some peasant's table. I saw old Chestnut in a stool off 95. Oh, he was wobbling like a fool. Couldn't stand to save his life. Broke the golden rule and let the road keep passing by. After all, old Chestnut never knew me. Wood never dies. Wood never dies. Wood never dies. What is that instrument? It's it's a really neat it's looking, uh, capo. It's beautiful instrument. Yeah, it's a, it's an Epiphone master built. I've got two solid, just you know, plain acoustic master builts because I love the first one so much. I got a second that I use primarily for gigging. And is first the first one, one real old? No, I think they're all 2009 to 2013. So I guess they're getting older. But I was on tour with my buddy Jack. A couple months ago, played up at the Purple Fiddle in West Virginia. Yeah. There's a music store right down the street. So we checked it out on our way out the morning after the show and walked in, saw an Epiphone Master built. And I was like, man, like, I had no idea they made an arch top. I had been looking for an arch top. Uh, Sat down, picked it up, played, and wasn't planning on buying a guitar on tour. (laughs) That's what happens. I think the arch top is how that company came into being, right? Yeah, I think think so. Right. I mean, they 
had some great ones from the yeah. 20s and 30s. This, yeah, well, that, this one is right. kind of modeled off of, uh, you know, Dave Rawlings has, like, yeah, an, right. an original 1930s. He sold a lot of those. Yeah. And it works so great with this ensemble. Let's meet uh, everybody else. Talk about yourself, Chandler. What else do you do in addition to this? I play a lot of bass. I uh, play bass with a couple bands um, in Asheville. Uh, I'm based in Asheville. Um, and then I work for a popular synthesizer company full-time. And so that's my, my day gig. And then on the weekends, I'd go out with dudes like Chris. And I have a band called Boat Command in Asheville and a death metal project called Cave Grave. Shout out Boat Command. Shout out Cave Grave. Shout out <laughs> Asheville, North Carolina. <laughs> um, I work and I play bass. And that's, that's, that's my deal. Um, Chris, I'm going to embarrass Chris. We went to rival high schools. We grew up 15 minutes away from each other. We met because our moms taught school together like five years ago. And we've oh, been come on. Ever since. Yeah. <laughs> How'd you get into the upright? Because it sounds like a lot of the other projects you do would be just uh, electric-based, not just electric-based, but, <laughs> you know. I started when I was, uh, I guess I was 18. I'm 25 now. I started my freshman year at Appalachian State. I was in the music industry program. I wanted to be in the jazz band. I played electric. And I was in the big band in high school, and, you know, the upright bass was like sort of required of uh-huh. the, the big bandit app and um i just started taking lessons immediately i just really wanted to learn and since then uh i still play a lot of electric bass but my the upright's my favorite it always will be my favorite for sure what did you want to do with music business program and did you pursue that finish that out yeah i did i, f- I finished the music business program and uh did an internship with Moog synthesizers in Asheville. Wow, that's pretty cool. And I just stuck with them, and I've been there since I graduated. Well, I had a merchandising concentration, so I was, like, working. I was learning about, like, how <clears throat> the music merchandise industry, like, like, gear and stuff like that in school, so it translated very well to what I ended up pursuing in my my full-time career, you know. Wow. What, what have you learned uh, working at the synthesizer? I've learned about this thing that's sort of subjective. It's sort of, like... There can be a magic to a piece of musical gear. There's just, like, certain gear that will speak to people, like, like for whatever reason, and it, I don't know. There's a subjective but objective magic that exists in musical instruments, and it exists in analog synthesizers and basses and guitars. And I guess if you're hearing this, this resonates with you, you find that guitar that feels like the one for you, it is. There's something there to that. That's what I learned working for that company in particular. That huh. there, there can be, there like is a magic. Like there is like, there is like the one, like the guitar. You know, um, that, that goes with like the that. way your body interacts with it. I think so. Like yeah. the way you play, like the the music you want to listen to, like how you want to sound. Like there's definitely like a little more going on under the surface with that. I, I don't know. I feel like I've learned that in yeah. in the in the gear industry. Um, and it's fascinating and really cool. And this bass is a good example of it. I've had it since I started. This is the first bass I ever got, and I'm probably just going to play it until it explodes, you know. So, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's Tuesday, and it's raining. There's no better way of explaining this lonesome feeling. Has me feeling so alone I've been lonesome before I've gone without seven billion people or more Why am I such a mess? 
after losing just the one and the sky is bound to explode I'm swerving all over the road if I could find her and remind her why she ever Joel, hi. You have a real distinct style. Well, I got started when I was eight. Started off with, uh, you know, like bluegrass, old-time stuff. Where'd that come from at eight years old? Who told you to do that? Probably my oldest brother. Like, my only distinct memory before I played violin, fiddle, violin, whatever, uh-huh. I uh, was <laughs> sitting back there. He was on the computer, and he was listening to, I think, Nickel Creek. Oh. Nickel Creek one. and, like, early uh, Bela Fleck, stuff like that. Uh-huh. And I was like, ooh, what's, what's that? And... Just from that, it was like, you know what, maybe I want to do some little fiddle things. Started up with some lessons, moved instructors around some. I mean, you were little. Your parents said, let's do some music. My mom plays flute, piano, some things like that. My dad says some recording things that he told himself. Before violin, before fiddle, it started with my mom trying to teach me piano for maybe about a month or two. And it's like, okay, maybe this isn't going to work. Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) What didn't work for you? Do you remember? The dynamics. (laughs) Uh (laughs) But no, it was good. You mean the dynamics between you and your mother? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Just in a lesson environment. In a lesson environment. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Okay. Gotcha. Love my mom. Love your mom. (laughs) In a lesson environment wasn't working. But anyway, so I started with, uh, started doing some fiddle things. And then I hit on a prolific instructor that like really changed the way that I viewed the world. I viewed music. Just what happened there? He was just, I don't know how to put it other than a real soulful dude. We would just go in there and <laughs> he really freed me up to, cause it was, I, I always have had like a really distinct, like I just do a lot of improv. I just hear a lot of things in my head. Several of the instructors that, you know, would have for maybe like three months, four months, half a year, something like that. It was this thing that they saw and acknowledged, but it wasn't the style that they taught until I found J.B. Prince. I would get there and get in the lessons. We would play, you know, like a passage, and I would just spend, you know, maybe 10, 15 minutes trying to find the spirit of that passage. And, you know, just it would just it was a lot of me playing a lot, and then him selectively blink. Maybe try this way. Maybe, maybe try and have it sound and feel more like this. And just really developing my ear.
dream that I was a mountain and you were a cloud. Well, I stood my ground. You flew right around it. Can't stand to think of it now. I called your name and you started to rain, making rivers of creeks and of streams. I woke with a jolt, mud on my face. Tired of such nightmarish dreams. Over and over these words, like a boulder, they tumble. Just won't sit right. Tired of talking, keep on walking deeper through shadows. In the night, I find sweet relief with your hand on my cheek, and in warmth from legs intertwined. I'll try to sing what I cannot speak. Songs for you, about you, and with you. How you stood right there next to me. Surely those days haven't gone. But now it's lyrical. There's a melody I hope you receive. These love letters shaped just like songs. There are songs I once knew that remind me of you. Like a hummingbird, I won't hold them in. I hold no disdain. I hope to sing them again. I hope you're listening wherever you are. I'm laying in bed. New tunes in my head, tossing to the rhythm and the rhyme. No tear will be shed over words left unsaid. They're music now for willing ears, unburdened by time. I've told you how I love you, dear. I hope that you find songs for you, about you, and with you in mind. Songs for you, about you, and with you in mind. Songs for you, about you, and with you in mind. Songs for you, about you, and with. 
Thanks to WEKU, Red Barn Radio's official radio partner, NPR for Central and Eastern Kentucky. Listen online at WEKU.org. Red Barn Radio is presented with the support of LexArts, Lexington, Kentucky's cultural development, advocacy, and fundraising organization. LexArts, working for the development of a strong and vibrant arts community as a means of enhancing the quality of life in Central Kentucky. And by Visit Lex, Lexington, Kentucky's Convention and Visitors Bureau. Planning to visit Lexington or just looking for more information? Visit Lex is on the web at visitlex.com. Red Barn Radio's executive producer is Ed Commons, who also directs our show. The Red Barn Radio playout theme, Wookie Foot, was taken from a live performance of the Wooks here on Red Barn Radio. More at wookoutamerica.com. Thanks so much for listening. I'm Kathy Stamps. There are so many people to thank for our program. First, Chris McGinnis and his band, Chandler and Joel, our guests on tonight's program. Thank you for coming. We are ever grateful for those who volunteer for us, those who work for us week after week. Matt and Zach and Ethan and William, our production assistants this evening. We thank all of you for listening to our webcast, watching us on social media, and those listening to us on the network of Red Barn stations and media worldwide. Red Barn Radio comes to you from our home in Lexington at the Arts Place Performance Hall. Our website has updates and further information on our guests and our program. We're on the web at redbarnradio.com. Now, before we close out tonight's program, let's bring back Chris McGinnis and his band for one more number. Thank you guys so much for having us. wandering eyes I pray I'm weary to my bones this driftwood heart of mine ain't got no home it's an unforgiving road ahead the only way to go and I'm afraid I'll have to travel it alone so hold tight to what you have my dear don't you let good love go bad Speak until there's nothing left to say And if the words we shared last night Aren't upon our lips tomorrow We'll always have today, sweet Maggie Lowe Grecian urn of yours ain't never held a flower. Making posies by the prison groves, no way to kill an hour. Punch out tonight and don't go back again. Yeah, we'll dance like it's the last night and dream about the next one. Up until the next one never comes 
And if the words we shared last night aren't upon our lips tomorrow, we'll always have today, sweet Maggie Lowe. And if the bed we shared last night is out on the curb tomorrow, I'll make it up today, sweet Maggie Lowe. Red Barn Radio, Roots Music, Southern Style, the best music from the roots of the South, and sharing this music with the world.